You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network. Podcast We're going to take Auburn a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our Welcome listeners are really our E2C Network family. Your source now, I know they enjoy basketball analysis, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably On this episode, like we'll be thankfully breaking down well, that's Auburn men's basketball if you're a win over if the Memphis have any Tigers in by the score of 74-71, pushing their overall record at 3 and 2 at gmail.com. Thank you for joining once Help again, you I'm your host, Kyle Lewis, here to break down all the action and the storylines coming I mean, from this game and in or around Auburn men's basketball from Auburn at football this current time. The bachelor As the always, we'll start off the episode with podcast, some general Facebook notes around the program and, and actually get into the meat and potatoes that will actually happen that are available in the game. Let us Auburn help you feeding the reach Memphis the Tigers in the holiday and the Auburn family at large on how you might tournament be able to invitation or whatever you want to call it. I was reach trying to explain this concept to my family at uh, earlier tonight about that this is not actually a tournament. This is just a type of event where great teams come together and try to compete against just one other team. Didn't really get that across to them that well. They didn't seem to understand it. But hey, I think if you're a college basketball fan out there, especially an Auburn basketball fan, you understand what is going on here with this event. Before we get into anything else tonight, we've got to address some historic news for Auburn men's basketball, and it doesn't even really evolve around the team, but two players that have currently gone on to play in the NBA and are, honestly, Auburn basketball's most prominent representatives of the program at the current time, and that is one Chuma Okiki and one Isaac Okoro. We'll start with Chuma. Most of you know that he decided to leave early, in our first to leave early in quite some time. He got drafted by the Orlando Magic. Unfortunately, during the process of competing with the team in the Final Four run, did injure his leg and had to sit out his first season. He finally made it onto the court at the beginning of this new NBA season, which is still a little bit odd with the new start time and the way they're trying to get the schedule going just after they finished this COVID-19 one. It's really weird. I don't know. I don't understand it all. I don't even follow the NBA that much, but I will now because of Isaac Okoro and Chimo Kiki. But Chima got on the floor and was able to score his first basket. So that's a huge accomplishment for Auburn basketball. It's a huge accomplishment for Chimo Kiki simply from the fact that he is an NBA player now, but also from coming back from that injury. The other big news is that Isaac Okoro also hit the floor for the Cleveland Cavaliers, and he not only scored his first baskets of the year, but he scored his first game winner. On a breakaway, he was hit with a pass coming down, went up, hit a layup, was fouled, and then got the and one on the free throw to give the Cleveland Cavaliers the win in his first game with them. What an incredible start for Auburn men's basketball this season in the NBA and their representation that they have there. So we're super excited to continue to follow them. And I'm not saying that we're going to update about Chuma and Okoro the entire season, but when big things happen like that, we're obviously going to talk about them here because we're super excited for those Auburn alumni. Let's talk a little bit about the holiday hoops giving event. And we addressed this in last episode about 
the confusing nature with which this game was supposed to be taking place or not taking place, there was a lot of misconceptions. For a while there, if I had this correct, the Auburn basketball schedule on the West website didn't even have it listed for a certain amount of time, but you would go to ESPN or other websites and you would see that there would definitely be a game listed for Auburn and Memphis as part of the holiday hoops giving event. COVID-19 happened, screwed everything up. I mean, we all know that it's messed everything up this year. But thankfully, they were able to get this game off and played, and thankfully for an Auburn win. Although, it was a little bit confusing trying to get the time figured out. I think it was moved several times, in, in not necessarily dates, but like back an hour, forward an hour. Uh, they were able to get the game started a little bit before a certain Auburn football game started. Uh, so there was a little bit of the interesting overlap. More on that in just a second, because I want to ask you all a question as the listeners. Just a little bit more information about the holiday hoops giving event in general. Obviously, Auburn and Memphis competed, and we're very happy with the result there. But just to give you a little insight on the other teams that were competing or were supposed to compete. First off, if you go to the website where it's listed at the statefarmarena.com, uh, which is where this was hosted here in Atlanta, where I am based near out of. Uh, Kentucky and Georgia Tech were supposed to play. That didn't happen. Kentucky played uh, Notre Dame, I believe, tonight. So I never got the official word. Was that officially canceled, postponed, whatever? But it didn't happen tonight. Uh, the other one that was canceled was LSU and South Florida. That was officially canceled today because COVID-19 situations with the programs. So that was a second game that didn't happen. But of the f- three remaining of the five, we had Mississippi State taking on Dayton, which went down to the wire. I think a couple of overtimes as well. Dayton did get the win there. And other than Auburn beating Memphis, there was this little old team from across the state, Little Sisters of the Poor of East Mississippi, Alabama Crimson Tide, lost to the Clemson Tigers, as they often do in sports. We know that happens very well. Our uh, brothers from another mother uh, in the Clemson Tigers, they tend to give fits to Alabama in sports, and we're very thankful about that. So Alabama loses to Clemson. So all in all, in this tournament, is a pretty good uh, roundabout way there. I mean, Auburn got the win. A couple of their rivals lost as well. A couple of their rivals didn't even get, have a chance to play. So it's a pretty good night for Auburn basketball when you throw in the Chumo Kiki and Coro News and the win. Hey, it's a pretty good day in my book. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to ask you all tonight is because of this interesting situation where you had an Auburn basketball game overlapping with a football game, were you watching them at the same time, and how did you watch it? Me, my preferred method was I had the football game on the big screen and had the laptop opened up with the basketball game once they started crossing over, but I had it on full screen and still had the volume on both. My wife even took a pretty funny picture and put it up on our Facebook group uh, if you're a part of that, uh, which is called Auburn Family Tree, so please go check that out if you want to be a part of that. Uh, so you can see that stuff like that there all the time, just a little interactive stuff. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you. What was your setup for this? Did you watch one and not the other? I mean, I'm just intrigued because now that I know that other people out there, I saw pictures where like two laptops, two TVs, what have you. Just want to know what your setup was for an interesting situation where you had to choose on how to watch a football game and the basketball game at the same time. That's enough of the general notes. Let's get into some actual game discussion here, and we'll obviously talk about some storylines out of it and some stats. But first, 
the game flow and kind of how the game broke down for those of you that might not have been able to watch. I don't know that why you wouldn't have been able to watch because I'm sure you were tuned into the football game and probably were just eagerly waiting for that as well. But just in case, for the first half, is a very tight contest. Memphis actually kind of tried to extend a lead once or twice, but Auburn was thankfully able to uh, keep them from getting too far away and even got a lead once or twice themselves. In the second half, it's the same story except reverse. Auburn does make a run and kind of put themselves in a position to jockey for the lead and kind of maintain that for most of the second half with Memphis every once in a while putting themselves in a position to be in the lead. So it was a very even and very well-fought contest between the Memphis Tigers and the Auburn Tigers. And thankfully, Auburn does eke out a small lead at the end and maintains that to get the victory here in Atlanta. So where does this bring us from this game? Normally, you know, I say normally because this is a weird year with COVID-19, but it's also a weird year because we all know that Auburn has given itself a postseason ban for situations that just seem to never end with stuff out there. But won't be playing in postseason, but normally I would say this is a quality win for their resume. Now, Memphis is not ranked, neither is Auburn. However, When you look at this program, its stature, its um, accolades, and the talent they have there, I think this is a game where a committee would look at Auburn and say, okay, where's the quality wins at? This is on the road. Granted, both teams are at a neutral site, and probably it's favoring Auburn just a little bit because they didn't have to travel as far, even without the fan situation there. So it probably is a little bit in Auburn's favor, but it's still an away game. And Auburn goes on the road and gets the win over a quality opponent. So that's a quality win on your resume in a normal year. So that's just a little bit of the, uh, you know, just to kind of make you miss postseason a little bit more when you think about that type of stuff and what this win could have meant for Auburn. So as I said, these two teams were very evenly matched. And you could see that in a lot of the stats and the way the game kind of progressed. And it actually made for a very fun and entertaining game on both sides. I mean, I found myself getting excited, even for some of the plays that Memphis was making. And, uh, you know, it wasn't the prettiest game in the world, but it was a very entertaining game between two very evenly matched programs. And when you think about not just uh, the teams themselves, but the stardom factor, Bruce Pearl, you know, he's the big name in college basketball these days. And you've also got Penny Hardaway, who is coaching the Memphis squads and was recruited players like James Wiseman last year uh, to them, who's now left them, and Isaac Okoro, who's now left us. So very similar stories, very similar coaching situations, very similar stardom power within these programs and talent as well. So just interesting how the things mirror even down to the stripes of the Tigers, which was kind of a bad pun there, but hey, I made it anyway. We're going to take a quick break from this episode for a special announcement. One of the things that we take great pride here at the E2C Network are our listeners are really our E2C Network family. Now, I know they enjoy listening to us, but let's be honest. Every once in a while, they probably would like a little bit of change of pace. Well, that's where you come in if you're a business owner. If you have any interest in partnering with us in terms of ads or sponsorships on our podcast episodes, you can reach us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com. Let us help you reach the widest variety of Auburn fans out there. I mean, come on. Who else listens to a network where they cover everything from Auburn football to The Bachelor and the connections it has with Auburn? Utilize our podcasts, Facebook live shows, and other flexible partnership opportunities that are available upon request. 
let us help you reach the E2C Network family and the Auburn family at large on how you might best be able to serve them. Reach out to us at e2cnetwork at gmail.com for more information. That's all we have for you in this special message. Let's get back into the episode. Let's talk a little bit more about this. One Justin Powell who continues to dominate and show why he deserved that starting spot over uh, Turbo Jones. And I'm not saying that Turbo doesn't uh, deserve a chance to have a crack at it again someday. I don't think he did as well as he could have in this game, which probably didn't hurt his, or probably did hurt his chances of winning that back at this point. And Justin continued to seize the moment where we are trying to figure out how we're going to progress without Sharif Cooper. So very happy to see that Justin is um, doing so well at the point guard position, which is not traditionally the area that he likes to be in. On top of that, what I'm seeing develop here, at least out of this game here, is a nice one-two punch. I think, ultimately, the one-two punch we would want is Sharif and Justin together in terms of your point guard and your shooting guard, but it's kind of developing now because of necessity, Justin and Alan Flanagan. And both are our highest scorers tonight. So I don't think that's any coincidence there that they're both doing so well and they're complementing each other uh, very well where Justin's having to fill a role that he doesn't normally want to. Alan's probably having to fill a role that mm, he sometimes does, but not as much as maybe Justin would. So really like the one-two punch that is developing there, especially that we saw here in the Memphis game. Now, as entertaining as this game was, completely sloppy game turnover-wise by both teams. And as we talked about with the game flow discussion about how that game actually went, you could really see how the game each in each half based on the turnover situation. Auburn had more turnovers in the first half, thus couldn't really keep Memphis from getting a lead. Same thing happened in the second half, except the opposite. Memphis started committing more turnovers, ultimately having more turnovers by the end of the game, which I think is was their undoing and Auburn able to seize on that opportunity and get themselves a lead by the end of the game and being able to maintain that. So very sloppy across the game, even though it was very, very entertaining by both teams. And speaking of sloppiness, if I'm just going to have some things to complain about here, I think we all noticed it. Auburn was basically trying to build a brick house, uh, lots of air balls, and lots of bricks from beyond the three-point arc by the team tonight. Uh, I don't know if the goal was just a little bit shorter, a little bit higher, or I don't know what was going on, but there were an excessive amount of bad shots taken or bad arcs, or I don't know what was going on. It was just not a great shooting performance uh, by a lot of the Tigers, at least early on in the game, and minus Justin Powell, who did so well. Uh, I thought Memphis did a great job of pressuring Powell and the rest of the Auburn guards when they were bringing the ball up uh, the court to um, try to score on their side. And I think you saw that get to Justin a few times. He is a freshman, so he's not used to that type of pressure at this level. He is at his uh, former level, but here in college, it's something he's got to get used to, especially against talent like Memphis. So I thought Memphis did a great job at that, but thankfully Auburn was able to counter that and get him out of some very sticky situations that he often found himself in and for the other guards as well. Let's take a walk down the stat line here and just see how each of the players for Auburn did tonight. Again, your starters were the same after Justin got switched into the starting point guard slot a couple of games ago. So J.T. Thor, uh, Javon Williams, Devin Cambridge, Alan Flanagan, and Justin Power were your starters. As I said earlier, 
Your top scorers on the night were Justin Powell with 26 and Alan Flanagan with 16. The rest of the point spread was as follows. JT Thor with 7, Williams with 6, Cambridge with 4, Javon Franklin, who had a few bright spots, with 2 points, Chris Moore with 2 points, uh, Babatunde Akingbola with 4. Love saying that name. I'm probably say it the full way every single time. Uh, Turbo had 4. And then Jamal Johnson, who's kind of fallen off after a very early start, uh, only with one point tonight for the Tigers. Three-point-wise, the king was Justin Powell, four for six, and lots of other players took three-pointers, but not much success otherwise. Uh, free throws as well, Justin did very well with that four to six, and Alan Flanagan was five for not eight from the field. I would like to see him do a little bit better. That's why that percentage that we're going to see in a second is probably not up to my level that I'd like to see. But that's really uh, the point spread that you saw there. Uh, Minutes-wise, the Stars all saw significant minutes with JT only getting about 18, uh, seeing a little bit more time for uh, Dylan Cardwell, Stretch, and then uh, Jamal Johnson got about 22 minutes as well uh, with just smaller amounts for the other three players that saw time tonight. Now let's move over and talk a little bit about some team stats and how they compare and maybe help us understand how the game actually went tonight. Field goal percentage from the field, much better for Auburn than for Memphis. Only 38% for Memphis, and the real Tigers got 45%. Only 25%, though, for Auburn on three-pointers versus 28% uh, for the Memphis Tigers. So they had a much better percentage, not much better, a little bit better percentage there. Still didn't amount to uh, them getting a victory, though. Free throws, this is a disgusting game for me on all accounts, Auburn and Memphis-wise. 47.8% and that's for Memphis, and then Auburn, 53.8%. I don't know what has to happen, how it has to happen. Somebody needs to not let these players get out of the gym until they make a certain amount of free throws every single day. And I'm sure that's going on, but I just cannot for the life of me understand why this program, which was so solid at free throws early in the Bruce Pearl era, has struggled so mightily in even more increasing amounts over the past couple of seasons. It's really, really frustrating for me. Rebound-wise, Auburn does not win the rebound battle, which has been a marquee of most of the games, even in losses uh, thus far. Memphis wins that by 10, with 47 total rebounds to Auburn's 37. They were even on the defensive rebounding boards, but offensively, they got more opportunities, that being Memphis, which probably helped them get that lead in the first half. Assist-wise, Auburn only got 12 on the night to Memphis's 14 assists that they had. And then defensively, here's the big difference. 12 steals from Memphis to Auburn's only four. And Auburn had three blocks. Two of those, I think, were back-to-back by, I think it was uh, Jalen Williams, maybe down there on the block, but there were two beautiful blocks back-to-backs, which were really great. Even with all that, though, Auburn still wins the turnover batter only by one, 18 for Memphis, 17 for Auburn, with a lot more fouls being committed by the Memphis Tigers. So that is your stats breakdown and how the rest of the game broke down, storylines, all that. Auburn gets the win in Atlanta in the Holiday Hoops giving event tournament, invitational, whatever you want to call it, because I obviously can't explain it to my family. Let's take a look at the next game coming up very soon on 
December 15th, we will be taking on Texas Southern in Auburn Arena. They are currently 2-3 and three on the season, and that game will be played at 6 p.m. Central Time, and you can watch it on SEC Network Plus if you have that option. Good luck to you if you don't. Now, their last game, Texas Southern got a win over Letourneau. I'm terrible at pronouncing names. Never heard of this team before, but a very convincing win for them there. 103 to 60. Their only other win is against Wyoming, which has had success as a program from time to time the past couple of seasons, but nothing really significant. They don't really have any bad losses. Honestly, when I'm looking at their schedule, they've played a pretty decent schedule. They've got losses to St. Mary's, Washington State, and Oklahoma State, all programs that you don't really you know, dismiss out of hand, but nobody that's really super great. Just, I think, a solid, uh, very tough schedule for them thus far. So maybe they are going to be very well tested coming into Auburn Arena. This is going to be the second home game for Auburn, so you know they're going to feel really comfortable there, probably going to shoot very well. And one thing that everybody thinks of when they think of smaller programs like Texas Southern is this a tune-up game, and sometimes that gets Auburn in trouble. The one thing that can't happen happen here is is we cannot get complacent and allow Texas Southern to sit around and hang, especially in Auburn. We need to put them away early and get a lot of playing time for some of the people that haven't seen as many, many more minutes so they continue to progress and our depth gets much, much better. A couple of players for you to watch for Texas Southern. Uh, you've got two powerful uh, junior forwards. One of them is their best point scorer at 16.4 per game. And then Jordan Carl Nichols, uh, the other junior forward, is their best rebounder at 6.6 rebounds per game. Both of them, I believe, are six foot nine, so you can really look for some of their big men to be their best contributors and their options. So that's what you can look forward to with the game against Auburn, against Texas Southern in Auburn Arena. Hopefully that'll be another win we are talking about when we get back together. I want to thank you all for tuning in to Inside the Jungle, and we'll be back with you again very, very soon to talk about some Auburn men's basketball. War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing, that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?